It's a mean age. But it is going to be a beautiful future as long as we don't f*** it up. I'm Brian McWilliams, and this is Mean Age Daydream, where I bring you unfiltered comedy, criticism, philosophy, and politics with a Mean Age Daydream. What's up, Buttercups? I am uh, praying, hoping, and praying that this here live stream and recording goes smoothly. I've gone through internet issues. I had to cancel a interview with Brandon Joe Williams, which is going to be rescheduled for, for uh, now November, because for whatever reason, my internet kept cutting out, and I've got a brand new Ethernet cord, so this shit better not happen again. But anyway, welcome to Main Age Day- Daydream, everybody. I'm, of course, Brian McWilliams. Been a difficult week. I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter show. I have a sick baby at home. I have a freaking dog having seizures in the middle of the night. And I can't even tell you how expensive the vet bills are to test on all this crap. But here we are. We're going to make the best of it. And we're going to talk about hate. <laughs> Straight into the hate. Now, <laughs> it, is, it is funny how it works out, though. That is what we're going to be talking about today. My hatred for uh, dealing with nonsense. Sense and my hatred for the hate industry, guys, because one thing that you have, you're going to see a lot of this coming out, right? We're seeing a distinct shift in, and I talked about this, by the way, several months ago, in how our money is allocated. And especially during a time when we've got a lot of talk about the debt, we've got a lot of talk about military spending, we've got a lot of talk about foreign aid spending as we rot here at home, as the American empire crumbles. Of course, every empire that has ever existed has crumbled under the weight of its own hubris, its own ego, its own expansion, and of course, the eradication of a stable currency. It has happened time and time again. We're seeing it happen now. So there's a lot of people that are obviously not too happy with the way that the American system is going. So what are they doing? Ah, yes, they're pivoting. They're pivoting away from an emphasis on the quote-unquote war on terror and into the new threat, the new global threat, the new axis of evil. Yes, that old old potato has been dug out of the dirt, washed off, and freshly peeled to make a new mashed up. <laughs> I was going to yell. I, it, Odie told me I should not curse so much in the early going. I already said the S word once. I'm going to try not to curse. Apparently it really impacts the algorithm. A new mashed potato of dung, let's say. And uh, they're trying to feed it to us, guys. They're trying to spood feed it to us. The new axis of evil. What is that? You might ask. Oh, of course it's Russia, Iran, and China. Welcome, China. Welcome to the access. You've made it. Looks like you made it. So let's talk a little bit about that. But it's not just the benefits of the state-created hate. There's also a plethora of benefits while we're talking about the Asians that I want to talk about, too, in regards to a specific instance in China, which uh, the the free press. Let me check this. Yeah, I think it's Schellenberger's publication. Oh, no, public from, uh, again, Schellenberger. So There's also great benefits to hate to politicians, to the schlubs coming out of universities with garbage social sciences degrees, and of course, to the nonprofit industry as a whole, Hate Incorporated. But before we get into Hate Incorporated, I want to tell you something I hate, which is health insurance. I can't stand it. I'm still, as you know, dealing with uh, bills being sent to me for procedures that happened under a insurance plan I had over a year ago. Yeah, over a year ago. 
I'm being sent bills from an, an insurance company, which I cannot even, I don't have an account with them anymore. So I can't tell them to pay the insurance bill. Meanwhile, I'm getting sent bills for hundreds of dollars on procedures that were supposed to be covered. Health insurance sucks. So I want to tell you guys to check out a different non-insurance alternative to healthcare, which is called crowd health. Now, crowd health is, of course, not health insurance. It is a voluntary health conglomerate, basically, wherein people get together voluntarily. They're all contributing to a pool which covers each other's uh, healthcare needs. Now, this covers everything from mental health to physical health. They have an advocate that works with you to negotiate the best prices directly with practitioners, directly to doctors. So that keeps the costs way down. And as I said, it's very different the way it operates because you are literally depending on other people within that community to help you out. You're helping them. It's a circular and very rewarding process. And essentially what this means is that you can get the same exact healthcare quality coverage without having to worry about getting bills down the road. Nonsense like I'm dealing with. So I want you again, check out joincrowdhealth.com. You can get it for as little as $50 a month right now, guys, by using code LIONS. Code LIONS, $50 a month, and you can experience a brand new way of, uh, of dealing with any health issues that crop up. And the cost for a family, by the way, drastically less than what you're going to pay under any of the Obamacare nonsenses. So make sure to get in there now. Of course, now your time for enrollment is going for health insurance. So uh, get a non-insurance option. Join crowdhealth.com. Remember, this is not health insurance. It's something completely different. Use promo code LIONS. Okay. So back into this. I just saw... Oh, uh, you know, I I tweeted this out because I thought it was so hilarious that 60 Minutes, which like most corporate media has lost any semblance of what I would consider, um, I don't know, even respectability. You know, it's like anything else when you're when you're literally calling in the heads of the five intelligence agencies. These are the five eyes. And that is, of course, the CIA, uh, MI5 whatever they call Australia's uh, MOI5, New Zealand, and what's the last one? Canada, America, UK, Australia, New Zealand. I can't remember the other one, but they bring in these heads, right? Or maybe it's the FBI. Maybe the FBI got the deal. I think that's what it was, Chris Wright. So 60 Minutes brings these people together and they tout this. Oh my God, can you believe the five eyes are going to get together? They've never met in person before these intelligence, heads of intelligence, but they're going to come together tonight on 60 Minutes. Now, I laughed at this, right? Because number one, 60 Minutes is touting this as though it's some sort of great achievement to bring these assholes together. But all I can think is what grand lie has to be presented that's so important that they're going to get together, make a spectacle of this on 60 Minutes. Because I guarantee you, 60 Minutes didn't reach out to them, guys. Here's, let me pull back the curtain here. Me as a public relations professional. 60 Minutes did not reach out to them. There's no way 60 Minutes said, you know what? You know what? This China, this China stealing people's intellectual property and stealing business secrets, this could be something. Why don't we call the heads of every major intelligence service in these countries and see if they'll come together and hang out with us? Like it's, it's so badly stupid. And yet, 60 Minutes is taking credit in this way, right? 
Tonight on 60 Minutes, you won't believe it. No, what happened here is that the head of the CIA or FBI or whatever it is, I'm sure it was the CIA, because if you're familiar with Operation Mockingbird, um, which I saw Connor, I got to get Connor Boyack back on the show. I, um, I'll give a shout out to Matt Kibbe. He just had him on, on Kibbe on Liberty, of course, a uh, good friend of ours, and interviewed him about a new conspiracy book he has for kids, which I love. So I'll probably hit up Connor to have him on. But I like that he talked about Operation Mockingbird in there. Of course, Operation Mockingbird is when the CIA had plants placed all throughout the major newspapers in America. Not only major newspapers, but it goes beyond that into television and radio, et cetera. Had them on the payroll, essentially captured these media outlets. Now, when I look to this, I don't think that the CIA is necessarily paying somebody on 60 Minutes payroll. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if they did in the past. It's been exposed. Oh, you can't do that. Okay, well, the CIA, by the way, guys, operates in the shadows. Uh, They fund all sorts of stuff that we don't know about. Am I to presume that somehow they've given up on this unbelievably effective tactic of having people within the media operate and do their bidding in order to perpetuate lies or convince the population to think one way or the other and influence how they think, how they vote, how they interact with their friends and family. I mean, come on, who's that gullible? But anyway, somebody at the CIA called up a producer at 60 Minutes, and I don't know, it could be any number of people there. I think someone named Simon had gotten the credit for putting this, or Aaron, a Simon or an Aaron, to get these jerk-offs to sit down. And they met in... In uh, you know Palo Alto, California, because that's where Silicon Valley is. Oh my goodness! Because the warning to the American population—I watched this. It was like fifteen-minute piece. Was number one. You know, Chris Ray is saying, "Hey, American population, watch out!" Because instead of having a, you know, we're not going to get attacked like a Hamas style, where it's going to be a giant coordinated attack. But watch out, because there could be individual actors out there that were inspired by Hamas or are very angry about Hamas that could act and kill people. He gave an example. That example was that a uh, Palestinian child was stabbed by an Israeli that was angry about the attack. Now, that's horrible, of course, and shows you that people on both sides, that's pretty fucked in the head. But the guy, the interviewer, can't remember who cares who it was on 60 Minutes. He goes, well, what do you do about that? What did Chris Ray respond? Oh, well, you know, you got to if you see something, say something. That, that's it. Rat, you know, tattle on your neighbors, keep your eyes open, essentially encouraging people to keep a, a skeptical eye on all of the Israelis and or Muslims that happen to be in our country and really keep them under a tight watch and, and go ahead and report them to the police if you see them doing anything weird. Now, I'm not saying that if you see somebody skulking around a playground with a knife, you shouldn't immediately call the police and also probably try to do something yourself. But thanks for that advice, Chris Ray. Um, on really cracking down on on everybody. So moving on to the main topic here of, of this Five Eyes. They sit down and they tell everybody, hey, you know what? China's stealing intellectual property. They're coming after our tech. They're using espionage, corporate espionage to come after secrets. Now you're telling me the heads of five intelligence agencies, which are, by the way, predominantly supposed to protect us from threats that are of a militaristic nature uh, that could, you know, really threats to our, our life and death situations here, right? That's what they exist to do, to see if somebody's planning a, a, a military attack, a, a terrorist attack. I suppose you'd say, okay, you, you throw in the United States' cybersecurity in there, can, you know, controlling our military assets. But no, apparently these guys are very concerned that they're stealing secrets to grain and uh, wind farms because they specifically 
said, and by the way, this is this whole interview is 15 minutes. These assholes all flew out for 15 minutes worth of, of footage to air on TV, the heads of these five agencies. So they use one instance. They say, oh, you know what? They, uh, China, you know, they stole some wind farm technology and that wind farm manufacturer that makes these, you know, these giant blades and the turbines, well, they lost their competitive edge and went out of business. Now, that was the example they gave. Now, let me just real quick point out to you guys, by the way, that we know, because I've talked at length about how green energy is not ready for prime time, whether that's the fault of the state and regulatory environments, whether the state is at fault for propping up green energy before it's ready and losing shit tons of money, which they do. Well, because I've researched this, I can tell you for a fact that every turbine manufacturer loses money on every single one they make. Even the ones that are the best, even the ones that the government's paying money out the asshole to create these stupid wind turbines that they're plopping in the middle of the ocean to kill the whales and hack the birds up. Each one of them, at best, still loses 8% on every turbine they create. So I'm sorry if I don't believe that China somehow stealing your wind turbine tech, whatever it might be, is why you went out of business. Because they said that company went out of business. And they had to fire 700 employees. Oh, oh no. Oh no. That company was probably destined to fail anyway without a government bailout. It probably didn't deserve to have any income regardless because as we discussed, wind farms and turbines do not generate enough energy to be uh, in any way reliable as an actual source. So moving on, this whole thing's focused on this espionage, China stealing it. And they're coming down on China and saying, well, you know, well, we steal. We, of course, we, we have espionage too, but these Chinese, they're really going about it in a, in a nefarious way using LinkedIn. They're, they're talking to people on LinkedIn about things. <laughs> it's like that, that simplistic and stupid. And they're, the essential message of this was, if you have a company, be careful. Don't talk to these Chinese. Then they're saying, well, you know, the Chinese are buying land up by military. He says, okay, well, I guess don't, don't let them do that. <laughs> they don't, they don't let the Chinese corporations buy right around your military base. I don't know what restrictions they have on anybody buying around military bases, but this whole thing was just an exercise in ridiculousness with no concrete way in which they said they're really combating it. Uh, and more of just a general fear-mongering towards the Chinese as a people, as a, as a culture, as a nation. And they said, hey, you better, you better stop it, China. You better not steal any more tech. If you want to be part of this global community, you can't do that. Now, let me remind everybody, China has been doing this for decades. There's no way to stop it from happening. Corporate espionage has also been happening from the beginning of time. I mean, every corporation you probably know of that's in high technology steals from other corporations using that same tech. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg famously pissed Elon Musk off because he was you know, data trolling to create a clone of Twitter, which has now miserably failed, called Threads. Corporate espionage will not go anywhere. All this was was an exercise in creating a hate for China. These people didn't come together because stealing corporate secrets and tech shit from the private sector is such a, uh, a massive imbalance, especially if we're to believe that our money is being spent wisely by the government on all of the defense programs and technology programs and everything else that they have that's uber top secret, right? What is that, uh, the name of the, uh, oh God, I'm blank on it. They've got that that you know fancy military budgetary te technological organization that uh, DARPA, right? 
the derpity darpas. So if there's derpity darpas out there, these guys are taking time out to warn the private sector to watch the fuck out, right? Because that's going to change the balance of power and everything. Like I said, the point of this is not to actually warn people of anything tangible. Any corporation knows they need to protect their technology secrets to to keep a competitive advantage. I mean, it's just fucking stupid to even tell people that they have to worry about this because you already know it. You got people that are paid to do just that, to keep your secrets safe. So this is all about generating hatred towards China, an excuse for them to spend more money on China, to put more resources into combating this quote-unquote threat from China. And as I said, we know the pivot was happening. They announced it before. You now have McConnell out there, Mitch McConnell, among other people. I think that Blinken also used this phrase. So it means that the index card's been passed around. It means that you're going to see the corporate press run with this new axis of evil, Right, Because that's the new phrase. I don't know why they want to bring back a f- absolute miserable failure uh, coined by, by the way, David Frum, who is a huge asshole, have met him, have done events with him before, huge prick. This failed concept of the axis of evil, which led us into a war from which we basically destroyed a nation for no reason. We're lied into a war that then domino affected us into several other undeclared wars in which we're still recovering from financially. And we still have veterans, which are uh, still committing suicide. I think something like 10 a day as fallout from this. But you know what really helped that military industrial complex grow, right? Really kept that Pentagon budget going, which is bringing us right back full circle. Here's your new access of evil, guys. We can't stop that spending. We can't stop funding this war in Ukraine because Russia, we just told you, Russia's on the axis. You can't stop funding the axis. You can't stop funding it. They're on the axis. They're right there. I mean, it's, it's patently and stupid, patently absurd. And yet, that's the best these people come up with. That's what they got. It's the new axis of evil, everybody. Oh, China's on there too. We got to fund this war. Uh, We got to fund Taiwan because China, mm, they're on the axis of evil. You know how they like to steal and espionage, steal things. You know that Taiwan makes all of our semiconductor chips, guys. We can't have China stealing tech from Taiwan and making semiconductors that could compete with Taiwan. That's where we're going. The new axis of evil. So there you go. So the hate that the state is propagandizing here. Uh, it's a full court press. You're watching it happen in real time. It's a full court press. Not only are they saying that Russia is the great evil, right? That Putin's going to take over Europe. Wank, wank, wank. Never going to happen. Uh, but of course, now they have to propagandize against China because they're prepping to give China, uh, Thailand, sorry, Taiwan more funding in the next round where they're going to try to put funding for Ukraine, funding for Israel, and funding for Taiwan in the same bill. And they're propagandizing us so that if China does make a move against Taiwan. Well, you guys know how evil they are. They're not just a threat to, to us as a government, right? We, we, they're not just a threat because of the military, which they're across the world, by the way. They're zero threat to the United States and all of its citizens in any tangible sense because we are so far apart. And China has no interest in getting in an actual land war or a nuclear war with the United States. So if they took Taiwan... What impact does it have on me? None. So the five eyes, the five eyes holes have to come together and remind us that, oh, you know what? It is going to have an impact on you because China is going to steal your tech knowledge. They're coming for your grain silo information. 
Even you, guy who creates dongles that hang from keychains with little pets you can feed, you have to watch out. I mean, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. So be aware. Okay, let's pivot. All right, as I said, it's going to be a little bit shorter. Oh, it's already gone 20 minutes. It'll be, it'll be longer, but I'm going to try to keep it shorter. Um, so let's pivot to the other side of hate. Now right, we're talking about the hate that's been ginned up for the Chinese. Now, what's not going to help all this ginning up of hate for the Chinese is hatred against Asian Americans here at home. Now, we were told that the Asian American population was experiencing a ton of attacks and hatred uh, in the wake of COVID. Now, that probably is true. There's a lot of very stupid people out there, even though tangibly, I said tangibly too often this podcast, factually, there wasn't really a ton to show that there was specific Asian hate-related stuff that happened. Um, I remember, now maybe they've gotten better data since last I looked, but during the height of this Asian hate is on the rise thing, well, the statistics weren't really backing that up. It was more so that Asians were getting attacked in communities of color and that also during the Black Lives Matter, there was also this simultaneous COVID going out. There was a simultaneous rise in homelessness, rise in all violent crimes because people were not working and the police were not enforcing. So in places like San Francisco, which is where I'm going to talk about in a minute, you had a, a big rise in violent assaults of Asians, not only because of the violent crime rates overall rates you know, were going up, but because also the Asians had a, I think a reputation for being easy targets, right? Um, a lot of older Asian people were attacked. It wasn't, you know, your young bucks that might just accidentally uh, know Kung Fu. It was the older Asians in Chinatowns or in Korea towns or whatever. And, Pretty much unanimously across the board, they were not being attacked by white youth or Hispanics as much as they were by black young adult males. These are the facts. I'm just conveying. So this whole anti-Asian hate campaign got put out there, though, right? And we were told this was a big thing. We had to do, do all these things to combat it. But as so often happens, when you have an industry, like I've talked about the homeless industrial complex here in Los Angeles, which doesn't seem to solve anything, although credit where credit's due. Karen Bass, who I did not vote for in the mayoral election, she actually has done something to help the homeless population here. She's done. She has actually had some impact in getting these assholes off the streets, um, cracking down more on the public camping. Now, it's still a problem, mind you. There's still dickheads all over the place camping on the sides of freeways. It's still not where it was. It's still nowhere near as nice as it used to be, which is 20 years ago. And even then, it wasn't that nice, but it was way nicer than that. That being said, the amount of money that's spent here is unbelievable, astronomical. I mean, we're talking half a billion dollars a year. So in San Francisco, they're spending the similar amount on homelessness, but now they have this anti-Asian hate initiative and they spend $110 million, $110 million, by the way, on anti-Asian hate. Now, how many people got assaulted in San Francisco? I'm not even sure. I doubt it's 110, but let's say it was. That's a million dollars per Asian assault. So public did an investigation into the, or actually not an investigation. They did a story on this because a uh, Chinatown community leader in Oakland, Carl Chan, 
is calling for some transparency and is asking, you spent $110 million. What did it do? Where did it go? Of all these agencies that got awarded all of these hundreds of thousands of dollars, and many of them, I mean, I'll read you some of these examples they use in public. I mean, you're talking just unbelievable amounts of money. Like this one, it's saying like $680,000. Let me try to find that one. Was given to this organization, which essentially did literally nothing. Hold on, 680. Let me try to find this one. 680. Ah, oh, of course, I can't find it. Maybe I typed it wrong. Anyway, so they're given these organizations. Now, the actual benefit of these Nobody can really seem to figure out. There was one guy who had gotten assaulted uh, and he called around and he said, look, I just, I was just assaulted. This is after, of course, the money had been allocated. He called 17, 17 of these organizations who had received something between, you know, 90,000 and as I said, $600,000 from the state to, to combat anti-Asian hate. Of the 17, he got called back by three of them. Two of them said, oh, you know what? We're not set up to handle that. One was, a, 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 I think, a law firm that said, well, we can talk to you. And one of them actually tried to help him. <laughs> the rest of them said they couldn't help. They didn't have the services. They weren't set up to do it. So you ask, what did these agencies actually do? Well, public reveals that half of them were actually targeted at the Asian community to stop them from having anti-Black sentiment. Because clearly... It was their fault that these young black males were beating them and robbing them in Oakland and San Francisco. Interesting. Because, you know, the most important thing is that they don't, you know, get angry about that. Uh, the race of the people that have been beating them up. So as I told you, I'm not making this stuff up. I told you what I, I'm conveying the facts to you. And this is the fallout because even in San Francisco and Oakland, they knew who was doing the attacking. So they spent half the budget on programs to teach the Asian population not to have anti-Black feelings. Uh, the other, uh, some other money I was reading in this story was that they spent it on uh, efforts. So let me, let me look up folks. This is an easy one to find because they spelled folks with an X in this article. Here you go. Other groups, this is a quote from the article, other groups didn't pretend to serve Asians at all. Six groups proposed programs to project LGBT people, but made no mention of Asians. One of those groups, oh, here's the 600,000 one. What luck. One of those groups, the Positive Resource Center, received $620,000 to produce an anti-racism and anti-hate film that highlights the experiences of black transgender folks with an X through interviews. $620,000 to combat anti-Asian hate. And that money went to produce anti-racism, anti-hate films about trans black people. The article reaches a similar conclusion to what I have talked about in regards to the homeless industrial complex, in regards to political think tanks, and in many ways, nonprofits. Now, I work with a couple of different nonprofits, guys. So, you know, I'm not uh, in any way antagonistic towards them, especially if I feel like they have a true mission or doing good work. A lot of nonprofits sadly do not. Uh, many nonprofits, in fact, I'd say the majority of nonprofits, in fact, they have a mission statement, which actually is simply a cover for them to provide what is essentially 
a rubber stamping of political positions uh, to give politicians an easy out, a.k.a. if there's a problem with homelessness, well, all we have to do is I can just get $100 million and we give it to these stupid fuck groups and I wipe my hands of the matter, right? These groups are the professionals. They're going to handle it for us. We're just going to throw money at the problem. But the problem is, These groups are not incentivized to actually solve the problem. In fact, they're probably and are definitely incentivized to make it worse. Because like curing cancer, if you solve the problem, then there's no more money coming your way to solve the problem. So instead, these groups spend it on bullshit. And then the problem simply gets magnified and doubled down. And they continue to tell us that it's a huge issue with unforeseen costs. And, uh, you know, there's no real way to solve it, but we're trying our best, right? So not only does it provide politicians an easy out, while robbing the coffers of the taxpayers, money could be spent well better in other ways. But also, think about the number of graduates that are coming out of college. And this is another great point in the article, which I agree with completely. Think about the number of students graduating with degrees in utter bullshit. And speaking of utter bullshit, well, you know what? My fucking internet connection, despite all my efforts, getting a new goddamn operating system installed on the computer, getting a new Ethernet cord, restarting the router 50 fucking times, still crapped out at the end of the episode I was recording, so I get to re-record this. And I'm in a horrible fucking mood. The fucking Phillies just blew a motherfucking two-game goddamn lead at home to lose, and I'm furious motherfucker am I pissed off right now anyway yeah these fucking piece of shit students get degrees in bullshit and then the government goes ahead gives money to all these nonprofits, which serve as one big daycare for the goddamn degrees in social services in you know whatever Eskimo gender studies in lesbian dog behavior whatever it might be these nonprofits serve as a perfect home for the garbage universities to pump out stupid students with stupid degrees that are absolutely worth nothing to society. You can tell that the colleges don't give a damn about putting out degrees in anything real, right? They need this. They need these charities because otherwise, how are you going to keep students clamoring to go to school, you know, racking up student debt, which of course the government backs, increasing the cost for everybody, for kids that shouldn't go in the first place. Well, they need to have some place to put them. And they don't give a shit if they're actually learning anything of real value because that much is obvious based upon the standards they have now, where they don't have the SATs in half the places anymore. They don't even base it on academic standards in any way anymore. No, now it's a very subjective system based upon sending in an essay. And that also allows them to, guess what, get around the nonsense that they've been doing where they're intentionally discriminating against who? Oh, that's right, Asians, because Asians are too good at academics, right? So even though the Supreme Court said, hey, you can't have your racial discrimination anymore based upon this, you know, this failed concept of uh, of pushing certain races forward in order to achieve equity. And so you're not going to let in the Asian people anymore. And you're going to put in, you know, whatever black and Hispanic students that don't have the academic standards, but you're going to work around it now because guess what? If you don't have to use the GPAs, if you don't have to use the SATs to have a definitive standard for success, Well, now it's all subjective, isn't it? So if Harvard just wants to let people in based upon an essay that says that they were so downtrodden because they came from a shitty environment, oh, well, guess what? Now they can put them in ahead of that Asian that might be the top of her class. It's nonsense. But it shows you this hate industrial complex is so powerful, so well-funded, and so necessary for the garbage that the left pumps out. 
gives the politicians an out, gives the uh, universities an out, gives them a home for all the turds that they're dropping in the toilet, and gives everybody an opportunity to go, well, we're trying to do our best. I mean, what can be done? We're trying to solve the problem. We're giving the money to these agencies. All of which do absolutely nothing. As you saw, or as I mentioned earlier, one out of 17 that this one dude called offered any sort of real help. And I guarantee it was probably the one that received the least amount of money. The rest of them are going to keep making movies about how black trans folks with an X have a hard lot in life. You know, all six of them that are walking around in, uh, in Chinatown at the moment. All right, guys. Well, an end to a really horrible day for me. So thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to Me and Age Daydream. If you're listening or watching on YouTube or Rumble, make sure to hit the notifications button. Uh, as you know, we are still very, very shadow banned. And despite our many, many thousands of subscribers, nobody seems to actually get the content put into their feed. So make sure you hit that notifications button or check back manually to get the content. And if you wouldn't mind it, it'd be great to have some reviews written up on the old uh, iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening. It does help with the algorithm. And of course, follow us on Twitter at Brian McWilliams at Lions of Liberty. Give it an old retweet, tell a friend. And uh, hey, tomorrow hopefully will be a better motherfucking day. From me, Brian McWilliams, from the Lions Living Network, and from Mean Age Daydream, keep those electric eyes on me and keep that ray gun nowhere near my head because right now, I really feel like pulling the trigger. Goodbye.